most of the day just laying on the bed in my bedroom. Called into work, so I wasn't going to make it. And the Lord had my attention. I was concerned about the truck, but then I was concerned about my soul. And so he had my attention, and I began to cry and talk to him about where I was. And the Lord spoke to me on my bed. And this is what the Lord let me to know. The adversary wanted to take your life today. But I said, not time. Now you can decide what you want to do with your life. It was a turning point for me, as you might imagine. It was a turning point for me. Sort of wish we'd have found a way to keep that truck, but I guess insurance had to take it since it was totaled. I did my dad a favor, really, because he got rid of that truck and he took the insurance. He bought a brand new Toyota. Sorry if you're a Dodge owner. He drove that Toyota forever. I'm thankful for the mercies of God. I'm here today because of the mercies of God, not because of my goodness or my efforts or my abilities or my talents or anything I've done. I'm here today because of the mercies of God. The sure mercies of God that are new every morning. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Would you go with me to the book of Isaiah? Chapter 58. That's where I'd like to start. Isaiah chapter 58. I say thank you to the many who have throughout this month, continued in fasting. Uh, We started the month off with a prolonged fast for many, and then for all of you that are fasting week in and week out, have set aside time to come together in unity and prayer and fasting. I know that it is affecting our world. I don't hope it is. I know it is. I know there are impacts taking place as a result of your commitment to the word of God in prayer and in fasting. And I expect that we will continue. There is something the Holy Ghost is doing, and I think we recognize that. And so I want us to go to Isaiah 58. Verse number 6, Isaiah 58 and verse number 6. The Lord is speaking through the prophet Isaiah, and hear what he says. If you had read the first five verses, the Lord was giving them, uh, was chastising the people of God because they were fasting for selfish reasons and to draw attention to themselves and to make it about them. It was more form and function than it was the fulfillment of the plan of God. So the Lord chastises them for those first few verses, and then he declares to them 
what he really wants. Verse 6, the Lord said, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Would you say that with me? Break every yoke. Say it again. Break every yoke. I declare to you today that what God is doing as we yield ourselves, submit ourselves, and humble ourselves before Him and seek His face, He is loosing the bands of wickedness. He is undoing heavy burdens. He's letting the oppressed go free, and the Spirit of God is breaking every yoke. Now, some of you may not see, recognize, or, heaven forbid, you may not even believe that this morning. But I am telling you, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, God is doing those things. I have borne witness through conversation. I've borne witness through testimony brought to me, through messaging sent my way. And I can only look and say, why is this happening now? We've been praying for certain things for years. We've been praying for certain situations for months or weeks or years in some cases. And I'm watching these things begin to change. And I'm talking to the Lord about and I'm thanking Him. And the Lord said, this is the fast that I've chosen. And because you'll humble yourselves and pray and seek my face. I'm telling you. He is breaking yokes. There's some of you in this room, there has been something change in your life, and you don't even understand completely why or how, but you recognize it's happening. I'll tell you what's happening. People of God are humbling them. We didn't accomplish this, you understand. We simply yielded in obedience to His Word. And as we humble ourselves and pray and seek His face, the Scripture says, if we'll turn from our wicked ways, seek His face, He would heal our land. And we see this result of fasting that comes. The Lord will keep his word. The Lord will keep his word. We fast to deny ourselves, but we fast to express ourselves to the Lord. And the Lord is bound by his word to do what he said he would do. Now, Isaiah 61, Brother Lewis read there this morning at men's prayer yesterday. The Lord's been dealing with me about this, and I asked all of the men that were here that they would begin to study these scriptures and begin to dig into this word. I'm not going to go into all of it this morning. I just want to read the first verse of Isaiah 61. Men were here with notepads and their Bibles yesterday after men's prayer, and we begin to dive into this just enough to plant a seed in their hearts. But Isaiah 61, the prophet declaring of Christ, 
Notice what he said, verse 1 only. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me. Everybody say sent me. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I realize it doesn't say it, but it's understood. The next part could say, He hath sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. He hath sent me to proclaim the opening of the prison to them that are bound. If the anointing of God comes on you because you are filled with his spirit and yielded to his spirit, this is why. He has anointed you child of God. He has anointed you child of God to preach to the meek. Preach is simply to declare. You're getting nervous about, hold on a minute. Preach is simply to declare. He has sent you and I to bind up the brokenhearted. But I want you to notice those next two parts. To proclaim. What does it mean to proclaim? To proclaim is to declare. To proclaim is to speak out. To proclaim is to have utterance and expression that comes out of your mouth. More importantly, by the anointing of God upon your life when you're filled with His Spirit, it is an expression of the Spirit of God through you. Understand, the anoint. he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So this isn't just something being done in human element. This is an individual under the anointing of the Spirit of the Lord obeying the instruction of the Word of God. This is what happens. We read it in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18 in the ministry of Jesus Christ. He was in the synagogue and they handed unto him the scroll and he opened where Isaiah was reading. He began to declare Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. He began to read it there and then he gave the book back, the Bible says, and he sat down in the presence of them all and all the eyes of the synagogue were fastened on him and he declared, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. There is a boldness in my spirit that I believe I'm certain is given of the Holy Ghost today and I am and asking those of you who will yield to his spirit to proclaim with me liberty to the captives. I can't set them free, but he can. And so today, in the name of Jesus, I proclaim liberty to the captive. I proclaim throughout these valleys liberty to the captive those that are captive by sin those that are captive in the bondage of addiction depression oppression i proclaim liberty in the name of jesus i proclaim liberty by the anointing of the lord jesus christ i pray the captive be set free in jesus Name, I proclaim the opening of the prison to them 
that are bound. If you're bound today in the name of Jesus by the word and the authority of the word of God, I pray liberty in the name of Jesus. I pray deliverance from every bondage of the heart, the soul, the mind, the body, and the spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This is the work of the people of God. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. I referenced it, but I'd like to read it if we could. Jesus there in the synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. If you and I don't do anything else as children of God, we should do what this word says. I want to be in unity with the Spirit of God, that the anointing of God would come upon you and I. We have been talking a lot about unity. It is in a place of unity the Lord commands a blessing. I made the reference a few weeks ago at the close of a service of the great revival in Ethiopia where I believe the number was over 58,000 in a space of four to six years, 58,000 people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In the late 70s, early 80s, just a phenomenal work. And one of the men that God used in that work was a man by the name of Brother Tekla Marion. Very, very humble man. And he had been asked, what he prayed for revival. And Brother Teclamarium shared, he said, we have never prayed for revival in Ethiopia. He said, all we've done is pray for unity. And when we prayed for unity, God sent revival. There is a place of unity found in God alone. It's not something we can create as men trying to get on the same page. You understand this morning. We're not talking about let's see if we can all agree together and get on the same page. That's never going to happen in our humanity. What we're seeking to do is be in unity with the Spirit of God. This is Jesus in the garden praying, Father... Not my will, but yours be done. What am I doing? I'm not seeking my own will. I'm not seeking my own way. I'm not seeking my own plans. I'm not seeking my own purpose. All I'm trying to do, God, I want your will. I want your kingdom to come. I want, it's what he taught the disciples. How should you pray? Your kingdom come. Your will be done in the earth as it already is in heaven. This is how I pray that. God, your dominion and your authority operate in these valleys. Your dominion and your authority operate in and with and through my life and the people of God that I'm knit together with in the body. Your dominion, your authority working and operating. And then I pray the will of God be done in, with, 
and through us. Not what we want, but your will, Father, in the earth, in these valleys, as it already is in heaven. You understand in heaven there is no bondage. You understand in heaven there is no blindness. You understand in heaven there is no oppression. There are no captives. In heaven there is freedom, liberty, and victory. And so when you and I begin to pray the will of God in the earth, and we humble ourselves before God, and we get in unity with the Spirit of God, there is an anointing that will come upon the people of God. And that anointing will give us the authority to to declare liberty to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, the setting at liberty them that are bruised, and deliverance. And so this morning, I declare deliverance. I declare deliverance. I declare liberty. I declare the opening of the prison in Jesus' name. 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 Just talk to him and wait on him. Just talk to him and wait on him.
hear the Spirit of the Lord declaring His desire and His promise to anoint. I hear the Lord declaring, I will anoint you. If you and I will seek unity, He will anoint. It's very clear from the Word of God in Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil, the Bible says, that flowed down over Aaron's head, his beard, and his garments. It's like the oil or the precious ointment. You understand that oil and that ointment that flowed over Aaron was none other than the anointing oil that God told Moses to pour over his head. In unity, there is anointing. And the anointing is what we read about in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. There may be times where you have anointing in your life operating somewhat in limited unity, but you'll not know the fullness and I'll not know the fullness of the anointing and the empowerment of God until I get in a place of unity with his spirit and his body. Why do you think the adversary works so diligently to disconnect, to divide, He wants to destroy unity. The scripture says it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Isn't that what he said in Isaiah? This is the fast that I have chosen to break every There are people in this room today, I know just from conversations in this past week, there have been yokes broken in your life that have been there for years. But the Spirit of God, in obligation to His Word, even when we did not realize it, was breaking yokes because it's the fast He chose, it's what He chose. We didn't choose it. He chose it. We simply sought to partner with him and submit to his will and purpose and be joined together. Now, there are, there are some of you in this room that are still in bonds. You are still oppressed. You are still in need of deliverance. You are still in need of liberty. 
you are still in need of blindness being removed. And there may be elements of that in almost every life here in some way, place, or form. You understand what God wants to do is in every facet of your life and mine, he wants to completely deliver, set free, and liberate. In every facet of our lives, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. These things we've read when he said recovering of sight to the blind, you understand that was spiritually speaking, right? Now understand he may have went to a blind person that was physically blind and had them help them receive their sight, healed them. We know that. We've read that. But you understand he's not speaking of recovering of sight to the blind in the physical. He's speaking of the spiritual. Every element of Isaiah 61, every element of Luke chapter 4 was speaking to the spiritual to set at liberty them that are captives, them that are bruised. The opening of prisons. He's not talking about going down to county and down to Walla Walla and opening all the prisons in the natural. He's talking about the spiritual. He's talking about places where people are in bondage to sin. People are in bondage to the adversary. People are in blindness to the God because of the God of this world's blinded their minds. And he said there's an anointing that comes. And that anointing that comes through the Spirit of the Lord allows a child of God to declare opening of prisons. He declares that we can... Be in unity with his spirit and declare recovering of sight to the blind. I'm just going to keep praying it. I'm going to keep saying it. It's not mind over matter. I have faith in the word of God. And so I'm doing what the word says for me to do. And I'm declaring and proclaiming deliverance. To the captive. Now, some may sit here in, in your humanity or in your human intellect and go, What's that doing? I'll tell you what's happening. There is a spiritual work taking place. And when you and I proclaim under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, recovering of sight to the blind, there is a work of the Spirit that goes and begins to accomplish what He sends it to do. This is how prayer works, this is how spiritual utterance works. And so, a child of God yields to the spirit of God begins to declare the word of God and his word will not return void it will accomplish what he sent it to do there's some of you here this morning the very reason you are no longer in bondage is because someone along the way proclaimed deliverance And the Spirit of God reached to your life and broke bonds that you did not realize were there. I mean, you knew in the natural there were bonds, but you didn't realize the spiritual bonds that held you captive. But God. But God. Matthew chapter 11, I finish. 
you will receive this into your spirit today. Whether you are a child of God with the spirit of God on you. Purpose to yield to the anointing. Or whether you find yourself somewhere in those words of Isaiah or the words of the Lord going, I need recovery of sight. I need deliverance. I need liberty. Wherever you find yourself, if you'll receive the word of God in faith, let it mix with faith. Let it mix with faith. The spirit of the Lord will do the work. He's doing the work. Now, again, I know you're in Matthew chapter 11. We'll start in verse 28 here in a minute. I want you to remember Isaiah 58. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to break every yoke? Is that what it says? He did not say to break some yokes. You're saying, man, I don't get why we're fasting. I don't get this idea of, I know that's not true, but our humanity can do that to us sometimes. I don't get why we're fasting. Why are we continuing this ongoing fasting? What's the purpose of this? This is the fast the Lord's chosen. To break every yoke. You understand, I'm not content with the breaking of some yokes and the remaining of others. I am praying and fasting and believing with you according to the word of God for the breaking of every yoke. What is a yoke? It's most commonly used in livestock. The plowing of a field. You understand that. Brother Juan, come here for a second. Please. Front row thinks I pick on them all the time. Get your arm around my shoulder. Yeah, let him go that way. He, I, I'll put myself around the back. Should have done that the other way. No. Now, here, walk with me. A yoke... Is something that joins two or more together. They would often have wooden yokes, right? They would go across oxen or mules or whatever. They were joined together like this, and usually there would be reins that would go back to the one leading the team, but a yoke joined them together, right? All right, walk back to your seat. Now, here's the thing about a yoke. A yoke will not allow one in the yoke to go their own direction without putting pain and pressure on the other. When I told him to go to his seat and I didn't go, I don't know how much he was feeling, but it was, I was feeling it in my neck. Okay, and I'm like, that's enough of that example. <laughs> yoked. Yoked. But if I said, go back to your seat. Now, look, 
There's no pressure on the yoke. There's no pulling on my neck. Why? Because we're walking together. We're equally yoked. Husbands and wives, let me just pause for a minute. This is what the scripture is talking about when it says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. In marriage, we want to be equally yoked. That takes a husband and a wife praying together. That takes a husband and a wife opening the word of God together. That takes a husband and a wife communicating equally yoked. And it takes a little patience on both of them's part while we work together to get walking in step together. Say that again. It takes patience on both parts. Not telling the other one how they're doing it wrong. Let's figure out how we can do this together. So yoked. This is a yoke. And so you and I get to choose. Now, you say, well, that's working pretty good. What's the problem? Why do we want that broken? I'll tell you why. Thank you. I'll tell you why. Because here's what's happening. If the yoke of this world is on me, Oh, here's what, here's what the adversary does. The adversary says, oh, where do you want to go? Oh, you want to satisfy your flesh? You want Here, come here, Brother Martin. I'll pick on somebody else. Here, it's time you can go down low. There you go. See, yeah. He's a little shorter. Right? Here's... Got to get him some cowboy boots. So... Here's, here's what the adversary says. Oh, you want to go where your flesh wants to go? Go ahead. Head there. And the adversary, when he's got you in a yoke, says, oh, yeah, let's go. Oh, man, this is great. This is wonderful. Right. Where are you headed? Oh, I'm just loving life, living life. You're yoked up. No, I don't, I don't have any pressure. I don't have any problems. This is going well. Yep. You're in the yoke, and as long as you're following your flesh, the adversary says there's no pressure. Let me just lead you where you'd like to go. You, you, and, and here's the deception. I'm in control. And here's what the Lord does. In his love and care and concern, because he desires to break every yoke. He desires to set at liberty. He says, I've got to find a way to make that yoke start binding and uncomfortable. Because broad is the way that leads to destruction. And I need them to recognize the yoke there ends on a broad way. And so I got to find some way to help them understand that yoke. So what am I going to do? The Lord says, I'm going to send circumstances their way that begin to make that yoke bind up a little bit. Sorry. I'm going to send some circumstances their way that make them to begin to feel the pressure. I'm going to get... And they're going to try to satisfy it with their flesh. Maybe I can... 
And the adversary is going to resist. But I'm going to send some more. I want them to feel. And the Lord says, I love them. But I got, to, I got to bring some circumstances into their life. I got to bring some difficulty. Why? I need them to feel the yoke that's going to destroy them if I don't destroy the yoke. And somewhere, there's a praying mother, a praying dad, a praying loved one, a praying saint of God that can see the yoke, that knows the situation, and they're fasting and they're crying out, God, in your word you said that the fast you chose was to break every yoke. In the name of Jesus, I pray deliverance to the captive. In the name of Jesus, I pray the setting at liberty of them that are bruised. In the name of Jesus, I pray the recovering of the sight to them that are blind. In the name of Jesus, I pray the opening of the prison to them that are held captive. This is what he has chosen to break. Every yoke, it's the yoke of the adversary that would hinder, that would hurt, that would bring depression and pain and fear and guilt and turmoil and problems and pressures of life that seem to have no avenue out. It's a yoke of the adversary. But the Spirit of God would come upon the people of God when they would begin to fast and pray, and it will break every yoke. Every yoke. Every yoke. Now here's the thing. I can... The Lord can break the yoke. And oh man, that feels so good. But that's not the end of his desire. He doesn't just want to break the yoke. The Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. How does that happen? I believe it happens the way Isaiah 61 said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. I used to think I'd quote that scripture. It's the anointing that breaks every yoke. Like, oh, the anointing just goes out and does that. I have a different perspective now. I think it's the anointing that comes upon the child of God. And then the child of God begins to proclaim the word of God and it begins to break every yoke. The anointing of the Lord. Spoken and gives utterance. You understand 1 Peter chapter 2 when he said we have an unction from the Holy One. That word unction literally means an anointing. It's not so I can walk around and go, woo, I'm anointed. No, no. It's so that there would be an utterance that would go forth and break every yoke. But watch. The Lord is not desiring simply to break yokes off of your life. I recognize some in the spirit today. I've recognized them in prayer as many of you have. But the Lord would break it. I believe even 
in this few minutes that we've spent here this morning already. I believe the Spirit of God has gone and is going forth and is breaking them. It's a work of His Spirit, not a work of men. It's a work of His Spirit. Now, so the Lord breaks the yoke. And then what does the Lord desire? I'll tell you what He desires. He desires a different yoke. A different yoke. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Watch what He says. Come unto me. Who's me? The Lord Jesus Christ. That's who's speaking here. Come unto me, he said. All you that labor. That word labor there means toil, working, laboring. You ever feel like you're just laboring and not getting anywhere? Just so weary of laboring, just tired. Physically, I'm tired. Mentally, I'm tired. Spiritually, I'm tired. Emotionally, I'm tired. I'm drained. I'm, I'm fighting. I'm trying to just go day by day, but I'm just tired of laboring. I'm just, I'm just tired. And here's what the adversary does. The adversary, if he can keep us in the yoke, he'll send thoughts of suicide to people. He'll send thoughts of running away to people. He'll send thoughts of fear into people. Pray with me right now. Come on, talk to the Holy Ghost right now. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I pray the blood of Jesus. I pray the stripes of the Lord Jesus. I pray the wisdom and the power of the cross in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The adversary is trying to destroy. If I can keep you in the yoke, I'll just get you worn out. I'll get you weary. I'll... And then I'll try to destroy. Word of God is clear. The adversary came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, but I have come. That you might have life. I came so that you would have life. Not just any life, and that more abundantly. He came to break the yoke. Now, Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Heavy laden means to be carrying a lot of stuff. That's what it means to be heavy laden, carrying a lot of stuff. 
Those of you that are laboring and you're just carrying all kinds of stuff. Jesus said, come to me. Watch what he said. The first thing he's going to do. I will give you rest. Tired. Worn out. Don't know what to do. Just give it all up. That's the voice of the adversary. Jesus said, come to me. I'll give you rest. But he didn't stop there. Verse 29. Take. See, the adversary seeks to put his yoke on you. Jesus gives you and I the option. He says, take my yoke upon you. Come here, Brother Lewis. I'll use another example. Jesus says, take it. Take my yoke. Take my yoke, and he waits. After he breaks the yoke, he stands and he waits. Take my yoke. And all you have to do is you just say, okay. And you can step in. But notice what he's... See, sometimes we resist because we know what it's been to be bound up in a yoke. But he says, take my yoke. And notice what he said. Learn of me. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. And this is what he said he wants us to learn of him. He said, I am meek and low. Meek and lowly in heart. And notice what he said. First he said he'll give you rest, right? Then he said you'll find rest for your soul. That's really what you're looking for. Why? Here's why. Verse 30. My yoke is what? Easy. When you're in the yoke with me and you chose to be in the yoke with me, there's no binding Unless that old man, the flesh, is trying to do its thing, then I'll feel it. Because, But if I walk in the Spirit, I'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And his yoke is easy. Oh, and that burden? His burden is light. His burden is light. Stand with me. I'm opening this altar to you today. Would you find a place? And whether that's a place of acknowledging, here I am, Lord. Break the yoke. Here I am, Lord. Let your anointing do a work. Whether it's a place of reaching out to him and declaring liberty, deliverance. The breaking of yokes, uh, a yielding and saying, God, let your anointing come upon me. Let me be in unity with your spirit that there be an anointing. That the work that you desire to do would be done. Or maybe it's simply coming to him and saying, give me rest. 
Lord, give me rest. Well, there's some of you here today, you need rest. There's no judgment in him. There's a beckoning of him saying, come, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Come on, would you respond to him today? Step out from where you are. Find a place. There is rest for your souls. There is rest given of him. And there is deliverance and healing in him. And there is a yoke that you can walk in in him that is easy and light. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In your name, Lord, in your name, Lord, in your name, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, please respond to him. He's beckoning. He's saying, come unto me. Come unto me and I will give you rest. It's a promise of his word. It's a promise of his word. He's not waiting with judgment. He's waiting with rest. In the name of Jesus.